You want to open up to Proverbs chapter 12. Well, before we start, I might just start with a little introduction. You know, some of you, I'm sure already know this, but some of the kids probably don't. I'm going to tell you what two words mean really quick before we read this verse. One is indicative, and one is imperative. And the word indicative is a word that means a statement that is just telling the facts. It's just telling you the facts of how things are. And the word imperative, you, maybe you've heard someone say, it's imperative that you do such and such. Imperative just means it's a command. Okay? And there's a lot of statements in the Bible of both, but today we're just going to talk about the indicative. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. I'm not going to poke a finger into your heart and life. It's just going to be this is how things are. And so the reason I start with that is it's not going to be an imperative. Do this. It's not going to add another thing to your to-do list. If that is something that makes you anxious or you feel like, I just can't add another thing. I've got too much on my plate. Just let your guard down and just relax and just think about how things are. And and find comfort there. So I hope, hopefully that will put you at ease a little bit. But let's read this verse from Proverbs 12, verse 25. This is the one verse we're really going to look at. And it's an indicative. It's just a word about how things are. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Anybody else have a version that says it different? Go for it. And then a good word makes him glad. Anybody else have anything different? Those are the only two. Okay. Anxiety in a man's heart, you said, causes depression. Is that what you said? Anxiety in a man's heart. Another one was makes him stoop you know he it's a heavy weight on his back it's it's leaning him over but a good word makes him glad that's a statement of fact it's not a command it's not telling us what to do it's just saying this is how things are so by way of introduction i'm actually going to read a little bit from rc sproul R.C. Sproul said that he once met a consultant who wanted to have him do an activity, and this is his instructions. Quote, this is going to be a fun exercise, R.C. I guess that's what his friends call him. (laughs) I want you to write down the five most meaningful compliments people have given you in your lifetime. End quote. This is what R.C. Sproul says. 
He was right. It was a fun enterprise. I didn't have to think about the criticisms or the insults that I'd had to deal with. Rather, I was able just to focus on the nice things people had sent, said to me. As I thought about those compliments and wrote the, fi- the five that seemed most con- significant, I was astonished to see that every one of the things I had listed, comments that had come, had occurred before I was 21 years of age, and yet I could remember them years later. The consultant began to show me that these comments had a tremendously important influence in my life. He also indicated to me that the people who gave these compliments were individuals whose judgment I valued and whose words I cherished because they were authority figures in my life, coaches, relatives, teachers, and so forth. In fact, two of the five compliments I listed were from my eighth grade English teacher, and I suddenly began to realize what a tremendous influence that woman had in my life. I'll stop right there. But I want you to think about it. What is a compliment? Well, it's one type of a good word, isn't it? A compliment is a good word specifically about your actions, who you are, your abilities, your purpose, your your value. That's not the only type of good word, but it's one type of good word. Let's broaden it out. What if I ask you to think about the three or five good words that someone had spoken to you in your life that really made an impact, that changed something, that you were bowed down, you were stooped over, and somebody said something that really changed the situation and really helped you and changed you. I'm sure people have said things to you that have made you cry, that have lifted you up, that have done exactly what this verse says, made you glad. Just think for a second about it with me. Just If any comes to mind... What about sympathy? Think about sympathy. Isn't that a good word to some, for somebody to come to you and say, I don't have the solution, but I feel what you feel. I felt we've gone through this, and I know how hard it is. That's a good word. Has anyone ever comforted you with that? It really made a big difference. You know, a compliment is a word about who you are, we said, but sometimes... Anxiety is not just about who we are, our actions. It could be about the situation. It could be situational anxiety. Something outside of you, the context you're in, has got you bowed down. Can you think of any words of comfort about your situation that people have spoken Well, here's the encouraging thing. We're just thinking about how things are, okay? How things are. How This is a statement about how the world, world really works. And here's the deal. I'm just going to focus on one thing today, one aspect of this. But before I mention it, one thing I want you to notice is this phrase, a good word. 
What if I said what if I said it differently? Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but good news makes him glad. What would that make you think of? Good news. Anybody? The gospel. It's actually the same word. That word message is the word that we have that's the second half of gospel. The word good is a different word. It's not a compound word, but it's the same word, uh, message or news. Angelos, you know, message, like an angel, messenger. That gives a little different feel. But here's what I want to say. God is the great comforter, right? God comes into your life and gives a word. If you're a Christian, and maybe if you're not, but definitely if you're a Christian, the real answer to those five things that comforted you the most, that changed you the most, they were either all from God or someone referencing back to God, right? Think about your life. I would guess that if you include God, that he's going to take up the majority of those five slots of good words that changed your life, right? This is the way God is. This verse, we could go through the whole Bible, right, and talk about God as an explanation of this verse. Think about what John said this morning. Hagar, there's Hagar. Her son is dying. What happens? Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but what happened? A good word made her glad. Who gave the good word? God. This happens repeatedly in the Bible and in the world. There's people who have this situation, and what happens? God invades the situation, and what does he do? He speaks a word that changes everything. That's what God is like. So I'll just tell you my three points. That God is the one that gives a good word in the past, in the present, and in the future. We're just going to think about this verse as applied to God in the past, now in the present, and in the future. So in the past, let's just let our minds remember how many times God has spoken a good word and brought someone from being stooped down to being glad. Let's look at Exodus 3 here. I'm going to kind of skip around in this story, but this is Moses after he had fled Egypt. He's out in the wilderness. He sees a burning bush comes up to it, and then God speaks. Let's read verse, start in verse 7. Then the Lord said, Surely I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. Sympathy. Knowledge. I know what's going on. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. At- attention to our situation. Listening, a listening ear. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them. 
What's the good news there? Deliverance, a message of deliverance out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of, the, out of the land into a good land and a broad land and a land flowing with milk and honey. Pause right there. Not only a message of deliverance, a message of a new destination, a good, a good plan, a place prepared not only to bring us out of our trial, bring us into a different and better place. So these are almost all situational anxieties. Now jump down here to verse 11. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? What kind of anxiety is that? That's more of a personal identity. Who am I? What does God say? But I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. I mean, think about this. What a, what a word was this. Unbelievable. 400 years, and then you hear a word. Think about that. 400 years. You're a slave, and you hear, I heard. I'm going to deliver you. And I'm going to bring you to a good land. That's awesome. Think about your past. Haven't you heard things like this? Weren't you a slave to sin? You've been there your whole life. You have no idea how I don't see I'm ever going to get out of this. What does God say? Everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. But if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Right? Heavy burden. We've got a heavy burden. Remember your heavy burden? Remember what it was like before Christ? Before you heard a good word? You were stooped down. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We believed it, didn't we? And it changed everything. Praise God. Think about the Word in terms of His own personal anxiety about who He is. He, he said, who am I you know, to go to Pharaoh? He's worried about... He's, he's got a midlife crisis, right? Who am I really? Do I really matter? You know, kids, a lot of times teenagers are thinking about that. Who am I? You know, am I important? Am I worthwhile? Do I have a purpose? Is there meaning to my life? What, who, do I like who I even am? Am I valuable? I thought about reading a bunch of uh, pop lyrics from modern day songs. I decided against it. <laughs> but you can probably think about it. People are asking, who am I? Am I valuable? Kids really think about this a lot. And adults, when they hit 40 or so. Like Moses, you think, who am I? What happened? God gave him a good word. I'll be with you. Don't look too much at yourself. I'll be with you. 
turned his eyes off of himself and on to God. Joe, I'm going to read a verse from Job 33. You don't have to turn there, but. Now, this is the good advice here from Elihu. And he says, A man is rebuked with pain on his bed, as is verse 19, and with continual strife in his bones, so that he loathes bread and his appetite, his appetite, the choicest food. His flesh is so wasted that it cannot be seen, and his bones, his bones that were not stick out. His soul draws near the pit, and his life to those who bring death. Now what's going to happen? Take a guess. Think what's going to happen. Here's this man. It's a terrible situation. He's sick. He's bowed down. It seems like he's under the wrath of God. What's going to happen? Just what always happens. Here comes God. If there be for him an angel, a mediator, one of a thousand, to declare to man what is right, and he is merciful to him and says, quote, Deliver him from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. Think about that. God did that repeatedly. I have found a ransom. I found someone to go in your place. Think about Joseph, right? He went down into Egypt, a slave. And then what? He saved his brothers. He paid. He suffered for them so they didn't have to suffer. Just like Christ. Think about Barabbas. Think about Barabbas. Remember? He was going to die. He was on trial for murder. And they, they were allowed to release one prisoner. You remember that? And they said, Pilate says, why don't I release this man, Jesus? And they said, give us Barabbas. Jesus died for Barabbas in a real sense. Barabbas or Jesus? Jesus. Jesus died. That's pretty amazing. Think about you. Remember when you heard there's a ransom? You felt your sin. You felt I deserve to die. And then you heard somebody is going to go for you. Somebody's going to be your ransom. Is going to pay your debt. Let his flesh become fresh with youth. Let him return to the days of his youthful vigor. Then man prays to God and God accepts him and sees his face with shouts of joy. Not just a good word about ransom, a good word about a new life, right? A good word that there's going to be life return. Your flesh is going to be like a youth. You're going to mount up with wings like eagles. And then he's going to sing, it says. He sings before men and says, I sinned and perverted what was right, and it was not repaid to me. He has redeemed my soul from going down into the pit, and my life shall look upon the light. Well, we could, go, we could spend the whole time just going through the things in the past, ways God has 
spoken good words and good news, taken away our anxiety, made our heart glad. Let's think a little bit more. One more example, specifically from Jesus. We could, we could spend the whole time just on Jesus, all the good words that he said that made people glad. 534, Mark 534 is where I want to look. This kind of, in my mind, sums them all up in one. Five thirty-four. So this is the woman, just to set you up for where we're at. This is the woman who had the issue of blood, grabs Jesus' garment, and is healed. Now here's his message to her. Think about it. She's got, she's got this problem. She's been dealing with it for years and years and years. Think about the good word here. 34, did I say 35? 34. Mark 5, 34. Daughter. Well, there's a good word about identity, right? Think about that. He just said to her, she's his daughter. What a good word. If you're anxious about whether you matter, whether you have purpose, value, Jesus calls you daughter. Surely she felt like that, right? Outcast, issue of blood, can't be around the crowds because she's unclean all the time for 12 years. And there he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. That's a compliment, isn't it? He calls her daughter. He says, you have an identity. You matter. And then what does he say? He affirms her actions. Your faith has made you well. He's saying, you did the right thing. You came and you grabbed my garment. You did, you did the right thing. Affirming her faith. And then what? Go in peace. That's the future, right? A good word to comfort, to remove anxiety about the future. Go in peace. You've got peace. Peace with God. And be healed from your disease. Well, there's present circumstances. A good word about her present circumstances. You know, she was healed. She felt it. She knew it. But he's saying, you're really healed. It's not coming back. What a good word that is. How, how, could he have, how could he have packed more into one short sentence with this lady than he did? It's amazing. This is what God is like. Isn't it? God repeatedly gives a good word to anxious men and women that can make their heart glad. Just like, I think it's 2 Corinthians, God, the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort who has comforted us in our afflictions. Okay, let's move from the past to the present. So here we are. We're just looking at how things are. This is the way the world really is. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. But good news will make him glad. A good message, a good word. I'm going to read you the second part of this story from R.C. Sproul. So you remember he 
wrote down his five compliments that made the biggest impact on him. And then the guy follows up and asks him this. Hasn't anybody ever given you a higher compliment than the ones you've put down in this list? Well, yes, I said, and mentioned a couple that came to mind. Why didn't you write those down on the paper, he asked. That's easy, he said with a smile. I didn't write them down because I didn't believe them. So he said people gave him praise. I mean, think, if you're a speaker on the radio and you write a bunch of books, I bet you're getting some outlandish praise. People probably speak really highly. And he said, I didn't write those down. He didn't write a single compliment down that he got after he became successful. That's, that's interesting. Why? He said he didn't believe them. He didn't believe them. Think about today, present. Here we are. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. You've got to believe the word, right? Here comes a good word, and you say, I don't believe that. That's not, that's not going to make you glad. It has to be united with faith, doesn't it? Think about you and your present circumstances. You're, I bet I can say with certainty that everyone here has some level of anxiety about the future, about who they are, about their present circumstances. Some level. Well, think about all the good words presently we've got right here to make our hearts glad. Right? There's a lot of good words if we would believe, if, we would, if, if the word was united with faith. Think about this one in First John. You probably already know this verse. Just think if you believe this, you really believe this verse. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. 1 John 3.1 What a good word. You're a child of God. What kind of love has God given you? He redeemed you from the pit. He forgave your sins. He gave you new life. But what? He made you a child of God. That's a good word. If you're a teenager and you're thinking, do I have purpose? Do I have value? Become a child of God. He's offering it to you. He paid for it with his blood. What a good word. You don't need to be anxious about whether people like you or approve of you. I mean, adults, you can probably remember it. When you were a teenager, you remember coming, you're in a big group of people, you know what you'd be thinking about? You'd be thinking about, I wonder if anyone noticed me. I wonder what people are thinking about me. You remember thinking about that? That was that was a burden that weighed you down, wasn't it? Aren't you glad, praise the Lord, that He brings you out of that? Teenagers, younger kids, don't be so worried. God gives you value. God will give you value. God will give you purpose. God's the one that gives you your life meaning. Not your peers. Not even your parents. God. Here He is. The one that matters. See what kind of love 
the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. Let's just keep going. A couple more good words. Think about this good word. It is finished. Oh, that is a good word. It's done. The wrath of God is poured out. He accomplished it. Jesus paid my debt. Yes. Paid for my new heart. Yes. Guess what? Paid for me to make it all the way to the end. (laughs) It's done already. He did it. Boy, that would put some anxiety to rest if we believe that. It's, it's already finished. Think about the devil comes to you and accuses. It's already finished. It's already finished. Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for the past, and Jesus is sufficient for the future. It's done. Now, I'm going to blow your mind here. Ready? <laughs> this, if you believe this, you'd be shouting hallelujah, I mean, you could not hold it in. Ready? From Song of Solomon. You are altogether lovely. Oh, think about that. God says, I look at you. You are so pleasing to me. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. For your face is beautiful and your voice is lovely. Oh, do you believe that? Do you believe that God says that to you? God wants to see you and hear from you. You come down on your knees in the morning to pray and God is not thinking, well, I'm glad glad he's going to check that off his list. I was worried that he wasn't going to do it. No, he's thinking, Ah, I wanted to see your face. I wanted to hear your voice. Man, that's a good word. Need to get moving or we're not going to make it through all these. There's so much. Think about this. What if we're talking about the present? Your prayer has been heard. Think about that. Think about how many times that's been said in the Bible. What if God said that to you today? Your prayer has been heard. That's just what John was talking about. God hears your prayer. Some of you need to really believe that today. No, God has heard. That would take away a lot of anxiety. No, I gave it to God and He heard. He knows. Think about some of the things Jesus said. Last one on the, on the present. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Oh, that's a good word, isn't it? God knows. God knows what you need. Even before you come to Him, He's your Father. He wants to provide for you. He's not far off in the distance seeing what you're going to do. He, he's near and real waiting. Oh, I, I knew you needed this and I, I knew you were going to... I wanted to provide it before you even asked. Well, let's, we're not going to finish unless we keep moving here. The future. Think about, we've talked about how God in the past has said good words and that made our heart glad. And for the people of God, He repeatedly did it. Present, there's so many good words that can make our heart glad right now. But let's just look forward, you and me. Let's look forward to the future because there's some good words yet to come. Right? 
I was thinking about this, and I just thought of two that are very, just thinking about them in the future makes my heart glad. This is, I hope, I hope some of you have never thought about this, because this, this is about as good as it gets. A verse you've probably heard before, but I want you to think about it in a little bit different way. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And this is from Revelation. And then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. From his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And then another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. Listen to this. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Here's a good word that you're going to hear in the future. Your name. Think about that. God's going to say your name. Just thinking about it makes you feel like God knows me. It, we're, when we meet God and He calls you by name, your name, here it is written in the book of life. You're going to think, man, I never really believed it like I should have all this time, that God really knows me, that He really loves me, that He knew all about my life. I'm coming to meet a, not a distant God, but a God who knew everything, who knew me. That's going to be... Can you imagine hearing your name, God say your name? You walk up to Jesus first time, and He calls you by name. That's amazing. Another good word, last one. Another good word that surely we can look forward to that's going to make our heart glad. I'll just tell you what it is before we read the passages. Come. Come. Think about God saying that to you. Hmm. Matthew twenty five thirty four. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come. Can you imagine that? No more anxiety. God's gonna take away the heavy heart. He's gonna he's gonna say, Come. He's gonna call you to come. Come, you who are blessed. By my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Man. Another one from the Song of Solomon. Very similar. 2.10 
My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come, come away. For behold, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree ripens their figs, the vines are in blossom, they give forth their fragrance. Arise, my love, my beautiful one, and come away. Think about that. Isn't that what God's going to say to us? Winter's gone. All that suffering, you know, all the difficulty. Time's up. Come. Come with me. Be with me. That's amazing. Well, I'm not going to uh, keep what I said. I'm not going to apply it at all. I'm just going to say this is how it is. God is the God who speaks a word to the anxious and gladdens their heart. Right? 